Greetings. <laughs> you having a laugh? <laughs> I think he's having a laugh. Hello and welcome to a second episode of the History Emporium and Powers podcast. Now this is going to be uh, a lot shorter episode. Um, I'm recording this on my own because of COVID-19 um, and the sound quality wasn't the best on the phone. So um, so the first solo episode that I'm going to do is on Lee Harvey Oswald. Now I must admit I didn't know huge amounts about him until I started reading up um, about him. He was the uh, the gunman who assassinated uh, US President John F. Kennedy. Now we've got a few facts for you here. So he was born October the 18th 1939 in New Orleans and he died on November the 24th, 1963. Uh, he assassinated US President John F. Kennedy, um, and he too himself was assassinated by Jack Ruby. So, I'm going to read uh, some passages from a book. No one paid much attention to the new boy sitting in the 7th grade class in the Bronx. There was nothing special about him. He was neither the brightest nor the worst in the class, and, to begin with, didn't cause his teachers any real concern. And yet, just a dozen years later, Lee Harvey Oswald would decide to slay the golden boy of US politics, John F. Kennedy, President of the United States. Mayhem and wild national grief ensured, and two days later, Oswald too would be assassinated in a set of circumstances that still remain a mystery. Perhaps the fact that no one paid much attention to Lee Harvey Oswald as a child fueled his journey to become the world's most notorious assassin. Two months before Oswald was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, on October the 18th, 1939, his father died of a heart attack. His mother could not cope with Lee and his two older brothers, and he spent some time in an orphanage. The family left for a fresh start in Texas, but ended up in the Bronx, New York, in 1952. It was a tough life and a tough neighbourhood, with a single mother working long shifts to make ends meet. The youngest boy was often neglected, and by the age of 13, the rot had set in. Oswald was regularly playing truant and getting into trouble on the streets. A psychiatric assessment in juvenile reformatory revealed that the boy was a disturbed youngster who suffered under the impact of already existing emotional isolation and deprivation, lack of affection, absence of family life and rejection by a self-involved and conflicted mother. He acted like a kid nobody gave a darn about, and he did not give a darn about anyone else in return. Oswald and his mother returned to New Orleans, then moved to Fort Worth in Texas and at the age of 17 he joined the US Marines. But he was still refusing to toe the line as far as authority was concerned. He was court-martialed twice in 1958 for having an, an illegal weapon and violent behaviour. By this time he was already a loaded gun the sooner or later would explode into life. Having read socialist literature as a boy, he felt that the US capitalism and democracy had let him down. He left the Marines and in October 1959 went to live in the Soviet Union, where he was not welcomed with open arms. He was forced to undergo psychiatric assessment and was kept under surveillance. 
He got married and had a daughter, but his unhappiness soon resurfaced again. He returned to the States with his family to live in Texas. Oswald was quietly readying himself for action and purchased a 38 handgun. His trial run for the murder of the president came on April the 10th, 1963, when he attempted to assassinate Edwin A. Walker, an ex-US major known for his anti-communist views through the window of his home. Walker only suffered minor injuries to his arm. Oswald then spent time in Mexico while failing to gain entry into Cuba. By October the 16th, he was back in Texas, working at the school book depository in Dallas. There, an opportunity to vent his anger at the United States fell right at his feet. John F. Kennedy, for many people the champion of the free world, was due to visit Dallas on November the 22nd, 1963, and his motorcycle would pass the book depository. At 12.30pm, Kennedy and his wife Jackie, sitting in an open-top limousine, swept slowly by while mass crowds filled the pavements to catch a glimpse of their idol. By then, Lee Harvey Oswald was already in position on the sixth floor of the depository, rifle at the ready. Three shots rang out. The first missed the vehicle. The second hit Kennedy in the upper shoulder and passed through him to wound the governor of Texas, John B. Connolly. The final shot hit Kennedy in the back of the head. Blood, brains and bone fragments propelled into the interior of the limousine. The vehicle was driven straight to Parkland Memorial Hospital, with Jackie reportedly saying, They have killed him, they have killed my husband, and I have his brains in my hand. At 1pm, Kennedy was pronounced dead. Meanwhile, a man sitting across the street from the depository had given a description of the gunman to the police. Oswald was not done with the bloodshed. After the shooting, he remained calm and was seen acting normal carrying a coat on the second floor of the book depository before the building could be sealed off. He went home and changed his jacket. At 1.15pm, police officer J.D. Tibbet saw Oswald walking down the street and stopped him, no doubt having been alerted to the description of the sniper. Oswald killed him with four shots from his revolver. The assassin tried to hide out at Texas Theatre and was apprehended after his attempt to shoot another officer. Meanwhile, the world went into shock. Famously, the question, where were you when Kennedy was shot, could be answered by millions for decades to come. The charming young president who pushed forward civil rights and liberal policies was the man of the future. But within seconds, his potential had been stuffed out. Oswald was interrogated for two days and denied both murders. The evidence was stacked against him, but he would never face trial. On November the 24th, 1963, Oswald was being moved under armed escort from the police headquarters to the county jail when a stocky, suited figure stepped out of the crowd and fired a shot into his body. Oswald was taken to the same hospital as Kennedy and pronounced dead, so the world would never learn the full details of his motivations. His killer, Jack Ruby, a nightclub owner who claimed he was acting in revenge, but he was also known to have mob connections and the mafia-linked conspiracy theories still roll on to this present day. Further questions, the whole affair have repeatedly arisen with doubts over Oswald's ability to fire three bullets in such rapid succession and supposed irregularities about the location of the gunshot noises, raising suspicion that there was more than one gunman. 
Whatever the truth, Oswald, the unhappy boy who had been trained to kill and spent his adult life looking for a cause, had found his target and shocked the world. Well, I actually found that research quite fascinating. I don't know about you. Um, I'm going to try and do loads of little snippets uh, at the moment because we're on the we're in the beginning of our podcast life, and um, I I want to keep this going as much as I can. So yeah, I'm going to explore different people, different places. Um, it might be on my own. It might be without my powers for a while, but. We'll um we'll do a mix of a mix of things. So anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I would really appreciate it if you tell your pals and 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 spread the word. And yeah, I hope you're all well. Take care. Good day. <laughs> Bye-bye.